And we're back. Welcome to Forbidden Cinema. I'm Zach. I'm Jenny. And today we are talking about risky business. We sure are. We're going back to 1983, Tom mm-hmm. Cruise. Tom Cruise, like, really being Tom Cruisey Cruisey. I mean, he's dreamy, <laughs> he's wearing whitey tidy underwear, mm-hmm. and he, towards the end, is going a little bananas. He's going and full cruise. That's what I want out of a Tom Cruise film. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed this kind of coming into a risky business. I, I've got to say that, like, it kind of this and cocktail and maybe even Born on the Fourth of July all kind of mixed together in terms of me remembering it as a kid. But I have kind of seen knowing... Born on the Fourth of July, and oh. it is nothing <laughs> like this. <laughs> I mean, it was just all kind of like these, you know, younger Tom Cruisey um, kind of stuff. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was way more sophisticated, way more of a thriller than I anticipated. So um, what? what's your history with this movie? With this movie, I mean, I remember seeing glimpses of it, um, probably at same, you know, risky neighbor's house, you know, <laughs> um, that it was on. And I'd, I'd seen a little bit of it, kind of like the the... Probably the scene with with you know he when he's getting with uh, Rebecca De Mornay and the the French doors fly open and just knowing Ooh, that's a like, little uh, I mean well that's kind of the thing like that's a lot for that age Woo. well <laughs> and I, I don't really remember stuff. like specifically like seeing like naked body but like I kind of remember that being the impression of like not really knowing anything else about this oh wow I mean watching that scene all I could think was that dress is coming off easy (laughs) well I think like he didn't really bother taking the dress off which I kind of thought um, you know, this is maybe kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but we were entering another dream sequence honestly the way that that was playing out I mean it's not to get too much inside baseball here not to get uh too much into the uh, our own sexy times but sometimes the lady's dress has some zippers that are difficult to operate i would say that but she was not wearing a dress that was like hey i'm like sexy crawl girl dress like it was very like over the head bangs it was hair kind, of pulled a, back. kind of a beach vacation dress it was very yeah very over the head kind of loose and <laughs> i i wouldn't know yeah that's not how i would have shown up at the door <laughs> <laughs> Not to get too heavy, but can we just say sex work, we are going to be talking about it, and we might use the wrong word at some point, and we're sorry. It, it's it's a thing. It was a thing. It was a different thing then. It's a thing now. It, it is. And- it is. Well, it's, it's, it's so weirdly a huge part of this movie, and then almost nothing about this movie and we'll we'll dig deeper into what i'm thinking about that but it's so prevalent that it's almost not there if that makes sense (laughs) so continue on so you're at your neighbor's house you're very young and there's dresses just blowing everywhere and naked flesh on display so i guess i mean just knowing like this wasn't something that my mom was like you cannot watch risky business it was outside of that realm it was just kind of, you know, titillating and who knows. But I don't, I know, I I know probably none of the rest of this movie would have held my interest. I mean, I think it was a really, really great movie. It was, you know, a, a thriller. And I do like a thriller, but at this time, um, and I, I liked a thriller at this time, but it was, I was much more used to like period pieces and not current pieces. I mean, I would have seen it in syndication, so... Oh, I would have guessed maybe a VHS. So I don't even know if I saw like the actual theatrical cut of 
any of the scenes because 1983, um, I mean, I was two. So anytime I would have seen this would have been much later. So my history with this movie is, I think we've discussed before that my parents eventually caved and got the $1.99 kind of not really premium premium cable channel encore. <laughs> they played like 25 movies a month and played them over and over and over and over again. And this was one in heavy rotation. Really? And I remember turning it on and getting to the scene where Booger is reading the call girl stuff. And be right. Like, off <laughs> this this cannot continue like, turning, i cannot get caught oh you can't get caught this. was it worth it yeah <laughs> which i would say is the whole theme of this movie <laughs> good point good you know point. what's worth getting caught <laughs> I, w- I would I would say this one probably would not have been worth getting probably not probably it was not. it was really I really enjoyed it I my history with it I knew of course the iconic dance scene at oh, the beginning yeah, of I course mean, that is we're, we're back guys we are back we're back into scenes that live on even people who have no idea what the movie is they know that scene absolutely just the song yeah the the shirt the white tights i mean how many youtube videos or tiktoks can you probably go find right now of people recreating the scene and i know that I girl know, that crashed and burned your absolute favorite. It's, so, it's my favorite it's so horrible you hear her head like just <laughs> cracking on the floor not just hitting the floor cracking we on the saw floor. her later on tosh.0 she she is still alive she's still alive but how damaged is she really Really, truly. And she probably wonders, was this worth it? <laughs> she probably does. But how many people have we had show up to our house on Halloween? Oh, that's true. In underwear. <laughs> our last Halloween party that we did have. Um, some Uber driver has some story of of <laughs> our our friend Bradley getting out of the car and taking his pants off as he steps out of the car so he can enter into the house um, in all his pantsless duck, Donald ducking it glory. Uh, <laughs> was this the same party where we had two macho men? Um, or was that yeah. the party before? Oh, no, that was the same party we had two macho men. Same party men. <laughs> with two macho men. You know it is a party when the second macho man shows up. <laughs> The first macho man, like, we're having a good time. Right. Two macho men, the party has begun. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. The next day, there were so many feathers and Slim Jims at our house. (laughs) Boas had shed. (laughs) It was... Oh my gosh! It was like some sort of uh, it was it was a disaster. One of the Slim Jims was expired, though. First of all, like, do Slim Jims expire? Second of all, like, this person went to 7-Eleven and bought Slim Jims on the way to our house I'm and sure. bought expired Slim Jims. They're just not as popular as they used to be. I don't know. <laughs> First time I think eating a Slim Jim, though. Mm, for you? Yeah. Oh, man. There's a great story that my sister will tell about my mother pulling the car over on the way to karate class to beat us because we were fighting in the back. And... She pulled over in the Jim Dandy was the okay. uh, yeah. was the name of the gas station chain. She pulled over in their parking lot, and I told her when she got out of the car to come and beat me. Like while you're in there, can you get me a Slim Jim and a YooHoo? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Ooh. Ooh, I like just oh man, I'm like I'm getting a little flushed thinking I, about it. Yeah, and I'm like I'm re-experiencing my own um, smart ass moments. <laughs> Um, that is like legendary at my house. Like we'd gone to the mall. Uh, we were at Casternaut, um, which Casternaut, if and I don't know, I, I feel like Casternaut was like kind of slightly regional, um, but they had an 
a lot of their entrances, the, the separate entrance, not to the mall part, but to the parking lot, they had like a little snack stand that had like ices and maybe even crusty cookies and popcorn and not the kind of things you think you would get at a department store. But so we were shopping with my mom and she said we could get ICs when we were done shopping, which, you know, that's awesome. That's probably like eight or nine, maybe if even that. And so she's trying on, she's trying on clothes. You know, she's probably never taken the time to try on clothes. <laughs> and she said like, you know, oh, I'm going to try on, you know, however many. Well, she goes to try on probably one more. And I said like, you said you were only going to try on like two. Oh my gosh, nuclear. Absolutely. So we go and get our, our ICs. We storm out. She storms out into the parking lot. We get in the car. She leaves her icy on the ground and runs it over <laughs> with the car. What color was it? It was orange. It was orange. Okay. Yeah. Red could have been a problem. Could have been a problem. I'm pretty sure it was an orange icy. She didn't care. She bought it just to make a point. <laughs> she was not looking to enjoy said icy, and I definitely did not enjoy mine either. <laughs> Woo. All right, it's a lot of. <laughs> Next week on on therapy, <laughs> mom talk. <laughs> so dancing, uh, so dancing scene. Yes. I remember dancing yes. scene. Yes. I know dancing scene. Um, I know prostitution, and I know right. uh, the car. And I didn't really a lot remember of- the car. I think I probably, you're probably going to say this, like I thought of the car and Ferris Bueller kind of all go together for me. See, I think I'm confabulating most of the car scenes in Ferris Bueller with this movie. Okay. I really don't think, I think that everything I thought about the car was from Ferris Bueller, not okay. from this. Yeah, so. I don't remember the car being really a thing. I mean, I really didn't even remember or even if I even knew how much trouble he had gotten into that required you know all this digging out of all this like (laughs) all the stuff that was going on his permanent record (laughs) (laughs) we may have to uh go deeper on see if there are any connections between this and ferris bueller they it feels like they're both chicago movies it it feels like maybe there's some some filming locations or i I don't know they're they're both car scenes there's a lot and this is just ferris bueller this is dark ferris bueller it, it sort of is. It sort of is. It's um, so that's that. And I, I remember very specific memories about, you know, flipping through the channels of flipping through the 34 channels or whatever that we had. And I remember that glass football egg thing. And right. I remember at the time thinking, that doesn't seem that great. It doesn't. And I, watching the full movie, it still doesn't seem that great. No, I like. It seems like some crappy award you get for winning, like a sales manager role. I mean, <laughs> you've got better awards. Than I that. do have crappy awards you get for being a sales and sales manager. Looking than that. But still, it doesn't seem mantle worthy or. That it gets backlit. It has its own little switch. It has its own light. We don't even see it at the end of the movie. It's like, oh my gosh. This is... uh, maybe we should go deeper on that. I'm really curious is because the, Is she... there some artist or something from the 80s? Is this the... I don't know. Because she immediately walks in from being on a trip and turns it on. <laughs> as if it's like the first thing she does when she comes home every day. And we're, we're kind of getting like, we're, we're, we're going to the end first, which right. is fine. I but... mean, I don't know. I, I, am I going to sound super dorky by saying like, is this like a post? 
post Basquiat, pre Banksy. You know, who knows? I mean, it, it just seems like I remember you talking about it and you saying something about like Fabergé, and then we we look at it and I was like, that's definitely not a Fabergé egg. But I didn't know what a Fabergé egg was when I was eight. Oh well, no, of course not. It's a it's a it's a really important diamond egg that they're right. that's priceless that the the whole movie is about. It must be. Great. It must be more important than just a piece of glass. Yeah. Right. I agree. Um, so we start this movie and, you know, it's very, I almost like now just saying how many connections it potentially has to Ferris Bueller. I feel like this is kind of Cameron's movie, hmm. if you will. Like now that I'm thinking about it, because I really have things in my notes, like his friends are the worst. <laughs> and is it, you know, I'm just going to call him Booger because everybody know like it's just Booger. Um, you know, our, our friend who's maybe Miles, but he's the actor who plays um, Booger. Curtis Armstrong. Curtis if Armstrong. If you're following along at home. In, um, why am I just blanking? Revenge of the Nerds. Revenge of the Nerds. Thank you. So, you know, that's just who he is. And he is just pushing the buttons, pushing the buttons like, you you know, you need to like live on the edge, like da 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 da. And that's exactly like what Ferris Bueller's like. And Cameron's life kind of gets partially ruined, but it's still Ferris's story. Right. I feel like this is Cameron. <laughs> breaking <laughs> and there's there's 25 scenes in this movie where it's just him staring at the camera with tangerine dream music playing it's almost exactly like cameron in the pool it is listening very to very much Simon so like just having a psychotic break <laughs> <laughs> i mean but i kind of relate i mean i Later down in my notes, I just have anxiety. This movie really brought a lot of high school, high performer anxiety to the surface. Oh, my goodness. It really did. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so nervous for him, you know, because... I, I understand that feeling. Like you feel like you're like you're doing everything right. You don't break any rules. You you do it all correctly so that you know you can have your future because one little weird slip, like one indiscretion, it will is go. Gonna... I think did we both write in our notes your permanent record? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if really thought about that in high school truly i mean we've heard the term permanent record um and it's kind of a big joke now i mean everybody knows that that's not a thing but yeah in fourth grade i got my name on the board one time for something i didn't do oh my gosh the only time i ever got my name on the board and i'm still distrustful of authority because of that (laughs) i i believe it i believe it when i was in fourth grade i had literally there was a teacher that did not like me for some reason and no one has ever no teacher has ever not liked me you know that yeah you're pretty amazing well not even just that i'm really good pretty with model ad- student i was let's really be good with adults when i was a kid too so for some reason she just didn't like me and like my like i had already gotten into a magnet school and she just hated that for some reason like she would give me zeros on assignments that were on the wall with a hundred like my mom had to come to the school and argue with her about stuff all the time but like the last grade like she gave me I feel like there was like a 76 or something on my report card I cried in the bathroom it was this fourth grade and like knowing that that great was like that was it like I was already in, in at a magnet school accepted into a magnet school but like thinking they could take it back because this woman who later was demoted like they she was tenured 
So they couldn't fire her, but they just gave her this really ancillary role because my sister was three years younger, so she went to the same school. And this lady was just kind of like propped up because they couldn't get rid of her, but she was no longer allowed to be a fourth grade math teacher. (laughs) My eighth grade English teacher showed up halfway through the semester because our other teacher got promoted. Got the worst grade I've ever gotten in my entire career because of a bunch of assignments went missing that yeah. quote unquote weren't turned in. I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Like I'm sorry that you lost them or they got lost when one teacher left and another teacher came in. And then in youth group, her daughter gets assigned to me as big brother <laughs> to introduce her <laughs> to the youth group. And on the last day before the end of the world, before our tornado, before pandemic, we're at my nephew's birthday party, and she's there. <laughs> It just keeps coming back. Yeah, she's still I, I'm there. Sorry. Like, and she's a great person. She's a great person. She just lost some assignments, and it gave me the lowest grade I've ever had in my life, and I'm still traumatized by it 25 years later. Yeah, this is this is how this works. And so I definitely was feeling all of these things. I mean, it just kept getting worse and worse. I mean, and it's, it's I don't I don't exactly know what lesson we were supposed to take from this. And, and I'm, I'm quoting, and I know we're, whether we're, we're cussing or not, we can cut this. But, you know, Booger's like, gotta what the fuck, man. Gotta <laughs> you can say the dad, what the heck. <laughs> well, yeah, then, then at the end, we have the mirroring of it. And the dad says, you know, you gotta just say, like, what the heck. And so I guess it, that's what's being reiterated. Like, sometimes you just gotta let go and, and go with it. But I'm sorry. Like, to me... What I learned from this is not worth it. Like, <laughs> if you let go, things will go. Everything wrong. you thought that would happen, because he's he's starting the movie off having nightmares. They he's so sexually repressed. I don't exactly know why. I mean, his parents are really kind of controlling and annoying. Like his dad gets onto about turning the bass up on the on the <laughs> hi fi. Like this is not how I raised you, and you know if you can't blah, 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 whatever. This is like. We were just talking about earlier. This is like a dare story. It is. <laughs> they try one marijuana cigarette and, and, and one one interview <laughs> with a, with a lady of the evening. And next thing you know, there's cars in the water. There's there's pimps out to murder yes, them. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Their entire house has been ransacked. But we start the movie with he's, he's he's telling his friends at a poker game. I'm sorry, what high schoolers really know about poker <laughs> games and smoke cigars? Oh man, Balky was. Chewing that was, cigar, it was, it was gross. so gross. It was so gross. And why was his his accent? I because mean, he's not Balky. He's Bronson Pinchot. He does not have an accent. It, it, it goes in the category of you know eighties him and Fisher Stevens, and we we probably aren't allowed to talk about it anymore. Oh man, if they cancel Balky, I mean. <laughs> I think it's far enough away that like people and people have completely forgot about it. And now he has a weird like house designing show. Okay. And and which I really thought when he came back and was critiquing the way that Tom Cruise was putting the the tchotchkes back on the shelf, mm. felt very much like that was actually Barnes and Pinchot <laughs> saying no, 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 that aesthetic is incorrect. I think he even said like mixing centuries was not the way to go. Gotcha. Look out, John Stamos, uh, that Stavros caricature. <laughs> You're next. We might show up, it might show up on WandaVision. <laughs> John Stamos, you are next. Cancel culture is coming for oh you. Oh my gosh. Oh, I don't think they're important enough. But so he's you know relaying this dream slash nightmare where he's sneaking into a house. 
Um, there's a girl showering that he's never met before. He can't see her in the steam. And then as soon as he gets in the shower and he thinks he finds her, he's showing up late for a test. He's showing up late for the SATs, pretty much. And he's got to finish the test. With like, the college prep exam. The college I, they, prep they probably exam. couldn't get the... It. It, it, it's probably t- uh, trademarked. But they, they probably, did say SATs They did at later, one didn't point. they? Yeah, they uh. did. But they just keep calling it the college prep exam. But... I don't, I mean, there's so many moments where he imagines that if he, like, has sex or just even entertains that side of himself, that he's going to blow his life up. And then he kind of does. I almost feel like we see this again in The Girl Next Door. This movie, it, like The Girl Next Door, could be a remake, a funnier remake of Risky Business. Really is. I, yeah, I was thinking that a couple times while watching it. I mean, it is. It's a movie that I was part of the Nashville Film Circle. And <laughs> <laughs> there was a advanced screening of The Girl Next Door. And uh, yeah, so that was, I don't know if that's really the kind of movie. you know, we, we joined it so we could see Hellboy early. <laughs> that and, tracks. Yeah. And then this, and then uh, Festival Express, and several other movies. It was, it was a lot of fun. It, if, if movies ever happen again, that might be a fun thing to get back to. Yeah, that could be. That could be. But definitely the same kind of like uh, overachiever, high achiever, like, you know, just looking girls from afar. But, you know, why are his friends so worldly? I mean, all the, everyone's so worldly here. It's kind of insane. But... You know, I love that them talking about um, you know getting into schools and Harvard MBAs making forty grand. <laughs> it's nineteen eighty three. That's and probably like two hundred thousand dollars a year. I now. guess maybe we, we we can West Egg it. That can go on the list. We, of should we look up? We look should we look at. up inflation? Right. And, uh, I mean, remembering Ghostbusters, where they're talking about they have fifteen thousand left on their house at like twenty three and a half percent. They're doing all right, something. right? <laughs> You're doing all right. And Dan Aykroyd's got like three mortgages. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's that's such an adult thing for us to be laughing at. But the future enterprisers, um, I thought that was hilarious. You know, his little we're 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 inventing something to sell to make whatever, and they invent a, a memo pad that has a a flashing red light to remind us. Which I thought later on. Um, we've got a flashing red light, which of course, flashing red light, kind of synonymous with a sex district. You've got all these kind of, a lot of imagery in this movie. Oh, that, that checks cash sign, oh, that neon yeah. sign above his bed. Like, that, his parents would not allow that. No, Why is I mean, this is a, this is a fancy, I mean, the, the Home Alone house is probably yeah. two doors down and he's got this checks cash yeah, kind of ghetto, you know, thing above his, it is really cool. And it's a huge choice, but man, yeah, that would not It looks not really cool, but it, it gets this great effect of his flashing red light. So we've got the flashing red light, you know, kind of sex district. Like we see it for the first time, really, when he's like probably going to like masturbate. And but also, too, I was thinking before we even see it, I'm like, is that the memo light that <laughs> from the, the memo pad that Bronson Pinchot was in, invented? But just the whole idea, like inventing something. My sister did that for some project and it was like it was 
I'm surprised we don't. It was it was some sort of like push button um, drive through menu so that things don't get mixed up. You know, future on. I want to call them entrepreneurs. Right. Yeah. Uh, if only somebody would have thought of an app where you could press buttons and, and order things at the drive through. You well, know. Well, but this was like in 1990 something. <laughs> so this was way way ahead of the time. But I just have you know we just have all these kind of iconic 80s things going on. We've got you know Harvard MBA, 40 grand, future enterprisers. His friend comes over to have sex with his girlfriend while his parents are out of town, and he's basically having sex with Princess Di. Like the haircut is so. <laughs> And she even looks like the the chick who's playing Princess Di in I don't know if it's the Crown. I don't know. There's so many Princess Di things going on right now. One of those. Yeah. One of those. The Royals. The Crown. The right. Something. 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 But you know, it, it just the 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 high school sex too. I mean, I know that all of these movies at this time. You know, all the high schoolers are basically like 30 years old. They're just so advanced, and I just think it's kind of fascinating. I think my favorite 80s thing was the hi-fi. I mean, <laughs> let's just, we've we, we've dug into a couple of issues of Playboy magazine here from the 80s, and there are ads for stereo equipment everywhere on those things. And it's just not something you see nowadays. You don't, you have, I don't know I mean, you have how... your Sonos speakers. Sonos, hey, if you want to sponsor us, <laughs> we've got them everywhere. I stand by them. But those 200 bucks? And I mean, yeah. hi-fi stuff back in the day was ridiculously it was expensive. So expensive. There were whole but stores for hi-fi, and yeah, I mean, but I don't, I don't know how you define yourself as a successful businessman now if you don't have a hi-fi. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what would you do? I mean, in this movie, you've got the a hi-fi. Peloton, uh, maybe a Peloton. That definitely is in the business world that I know. But yeah, you've got your hi-fi. He's got his Porsche, which. <laughs> it's an ugly car. It's a terrible car. But him, like, quote unquote, stealing his dad's Porsche, they pulling out of the driveway, and it's like, you're pulling out, you got this great musical cue, and then the car stops, and the musical <laughs> cue dies. It's so great. There's not that many, like, just funny moments for funny sake in this movie, but that was really well played. I thought it was great. <laughs> I said that um, I have never had a pull tab beer before. And right. I just feel like that is bucket list. I don't think they... St- Why is some artisan can or artisan brewer out there not... Uh, maybe they just don't even make the pull tab machine I don't know. anymore. They may not. I mean, it may like, be a really... may not hold beer. Like, you know, it may not hold as long. It's just a limited release or something. Art- artisan brewers out there, someone... But a lot come of artisan brewers pull- are like glamming onto other people's canning machines and slapping their labels onto it too i guess i guess somebody figure it out get one of those machines between all of you all of you chip in and then you can share it (laughs) people would do this guys people would would do i am not the only person out there that watches these old movies and just thinks wow i will never experience that that is just something from a time gone by there's so many other things from time gone by that you can go back you know and, right and that a lot just, of just retro stuff but that's just yeah it must be just be inferior yeah i'm sorry you missed out <laughs> so then i have in my notes sublime breasts sublime breasts sublime um, Bronson Pinchot and Tom Cruise are cruising in the Porsche for the first time and Bronson Pinchot they pass some some girls after they rev their engine and he 
three or four times says sublime breasts. It's just <laughs> so weird. Because we, we also, like, in this conversation with them in the car, realize he is even... I wouldn't say he's repressed, but he's just definitely even less experienced. He's farther behind. He is than farther Tom behind than Tom Cruise is. So you know, poor Bronson Pinchot. You know, he'll get it together. I mean, does he, revving your car engine attract mates? No, I've been wondering that for years. Ever since you know my teenage years of going down, quote unquote, downtown to Second Avenue, which, if if you don't know, is been destroyed by a terrorist attack in the in the last few months, which that's its own thing. But we would go down, and you'd just walk around, and guys in big trucks would rev their engines and scream at ladies and hoot and say woo, and. That was just the social order of the time. But I feel that if it wasn't eventually effective... They wouldn't do it. It's evolution, baby. I mean, it's if, if that didn't attract mates, people would die out who use that <laughs> as a method of attracting mates. I mean, it, it, yes, someone had to have given it positive reinforcement at some point for it to continue. But, but then I, are, are people still driving down 2nd Avenue no. whooping at girls? So maybe they did die out. They, maybe know. they did. I, I don't think that that's a thing anymore. There's there's too many tourists. It's. I mean, I was at a light and someone was playing. Their music was so loud and bass. I was like... Who are you? What is this? And I don't really feel like it's because I'm older now. It's just like, it's so of a time gone by. You just don't hear people like with big stereo systems in their car quite as much anymore. No, most cars are are soundproofed now. Well, except you can hear people 100% on their phones. (laughs) (laughs) They think they're having a private conversation. I don't know what it is. You can't hear their music, but you can hear their podcasts and their phones. Didn't you say that you were at the vet and and saw Goof Troop Boy Meets World Guy and were talking to your sister like, oh my goodness, it's Goof Troop Boy Meets World Guy. And, yeah, he stopped. And he totally, he totally hear you stopped talk. and like I was talking to my sister. Yeah, so like the only other person that would know he was on Full House. He was like he's a Marston, uh, not James Marston, other Marston. But yeah, like yeah, he goes to our same vet, I guess. And I was like, oh, because Jack only Jackie would understand, you know, because he was like DJ's boyfriend for like a hot minute and he stopped and got away to me i was like oh <laughs> like sorry like you're an adult and i'm an adult and i'm really not trying to be weird but just like oh that's weird <laughs> it's cool oh my gosh okay so then they're driving in the porsche they're doing backwards donuts that's a choice mm-hmm. seems way harder than forwards donuts but I gotta say, it brought up some <laughs> some driver's ed memories for me. So I had this terrible. So I was taking driver's ed in the summertime, and I had a terrible driving partner. I was like assigned to. Um, he was just a hot mess. Like he couldn't drive forward. Like I kept having to slam on my own brake in the passenger side anytime we were doing anything. And we had as a challenge. Um, if we wanted to, we could attempt to do the figure eight backwards. And he was just certain he should do it. He couldn't drive forward. He just destroyed every cone. <laughs> like he, he hit them all. Like that wasn't that wasn't what we were going for. And I was just like, I'm like stuck in this car with this just idiot maniac who's decided that he's gonna be better going backwards than he is forwards. Oh, it was a hot mess. But that's that's my experience with backwards driving. <laughs> So about the music in this movie. The music is amazing. Tangerine in this movie. Dream 
is not the kind of band I was expecting no. to be doing the music for this. I, I, I think I was thinking Bob Seger. Yeah, because it's so iconic with this. Yeah, I was not at all expecting that kind of a dream sequence, trippy, and you know, it was it was it was more legend than Revenge of the Nerds. I think. Yeah, and for sure. That was not where I was coming at. Well, that's from. really where I guess where that scene stands out because we don't hear it really. There's a little bit later. I think he's studying there's or maybe something. Maybe some Miles and- Davis, and then there's some. Some sting, and then oh, and, the, oh, then we get we get the we get the Phil Collins yes, feeling the air tonight. You know, everybody wants it. I wonder when that is that the first movie that that showed up in. I don't know. It's got to be early. I'm it, 83. It's got to be early. I mean, it's so everyone stops what they're doing to like experience that drum solo. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely thought you know this movie was more. Blade Runner than it was American Pie. And so on that note, while he was shaving with his really 80s electric razor. (laughs) But he's like one spot. One spot. (laughs) Just in case. I wrote, do ladies dream of electric razors? (laughs) I'm really curious as to what I'll... for going for deep going deeper, we're gonna look that at like what were ladies' razor technology like at the time. What I remember what they look like visually, I mean I was not shaving at the time, but they basically just looked like so I have like two memories. I have like I guess it was probably like the lady what, epaulette or something kind of memory. And it just looked like a coil. A coil that maybe when you turned it on it vibrated and just ripped your hair out. Could be wrong. Maybe it was had more finesse than that, but that's what it looked like. Like was Nair a thing yet? I think was, I feel like Nair was a thing, but does Nair work? Not from my experience. Okay. No, and it smells terrible. <laughs> um, my mom also had this Norelco. It was almost like Lady Dremel tool. Okay, it was like <laughs> it had interchangeable heads for like. A nail file and oh like a goodness. buffer, and it came in this cool clamshell. Like anything came in a cool case was everything you wanted when oh, you course. were like an eight year old kid. It's like you just wanted to play with it, and it might have had a razor. I feel like it had a razor attachment, but mm. I have never been scared of getting a Dremel cut in pubic hair before. <laughs> but now that I've had that image, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Yeah, it, like I don't remember. It, it felt like it had. I mean, all the little different enchantments. I'm not sure it was the heads. '80s. They would have said it's for leg hair, but yeah, probably, I mean, probably. People do what people do. You know, personal massagers and all oh, man. and such. Yeah, everybody's a little afraid to say exactly what things were for. But <laughs> this this movie did not. This movie went all that way. When and I have on here like when is calling a hooker sex worker? But in this in this context, when is that a prank? Like, when are we, like, that's so high level, that's so, I mean, just, I, I, I can't even. And then, then he eats the phone number, which is just so, <laughs> it's so booger. booger. It's so booger. Can we just, is Curtis Armstrong the same character in every movie that he's in? I kind of feel like he is. Like, is he, is, is, does this character go to college and become booger? Yeah. I can see that. Does Booger graduate college and become the principal on New Girl? Yes. That could happen. Yes. He goes straight from being interested in S&M and to D&D. He realizes <laughs> that S&M really wasn't for him, and then he's just really interested in D&D as a principal. Yeah. 
I, I think so. I think his, his his look is the same, exactly the same. It doesn't change. He's and it's actually, nothing against him as a no. as a character actor. He's it's great. great. He's, He's great. consistent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not many people can say that 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 maybe it's so meta that he's exactly the same character we in everything the, he's been in. I think you said that he might be in that '70s show, which might break the chain. I think he is, but it it, it might be. Maybe that's his father. Maybe. I don't know. It could we'll, be. We'll, because it's very similar in terms of he's like, they think he's this cool DJ, but he's really like a super nerd. Okay. We'll we'll look into it. We'll Guys, you can trust us. Is there a timeline that we can draw <laughs> that, <laughs> that Dudley Booger Dawson is one character throughout the entire cinematic universe? Uh, uh, bigger than Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. Like 40 years. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. So... Then we've got another nightmare scene where him trying to have sex, like the SWAT team arrives. They clear <laughs> Tinker Toys, Tinker Toys off the dining room table for them to have sex. What, I mean, I don't know what kind of symbolism that's trying to put, you know, like this. There's no reason for a high school senior to be having Tinker Toys in his house, you know, but then, but then they call her the babysitter. So is it kind of that he like she's babysitting him? I think so. I, I think it's his it's some childhood fantasy. But I think the babysitter the is the friend. It's the friend that's which in was the a, diner a right before. Really interesting choice. Uh, I don't know if that was in per- on purpose, or they thought maybe we wouldn't notice. I don't know. I, I feel like that was. I don't feel like I feel like that could have been explored more. Really, he was having some feelings. For that sure. I, there was something going on there. Which I kind of would have thought, like, that would have been a very, um, and this is a Teen Wolf reference, that would have been a very Booth thing. <laughs> I don't know, like, I mean, how much you know about Teen Wolf, but of course, like, he has his friend, they're super friends, like, she's in love with him, he doesn't really notice her, he thinks she's, like, kind of one of the dudes, and then he falls for the the drama queen, literally, because now he's cool, Um and so kind of the underlying, this movie could have, re- we didn't get to know her, but I thought maybe we would have gotten to know her a little bit more and maybe he would have ended up with her. Yeah, that's a different movie, it's but a totally I, I, different could, movie. I, I could see that happening. It, that it, would have made just as much sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I just want, I mean, I, I still like right now, like I'm wondering like, why is he so repressed? This is so extreme to have this much anxiety about ruining your life. I mean, I know... Obviously, we see a very small window into his life with his parents, and they're so, especially his dad, is so anal that, I mean, that's always, I Every guess. Every scene with his parents, they're like the only thing that's in focus, and they're oddly kind of... We had this weird POV yeah. of like, like, he's the camera, and yeah, like he's he's consumed by what they have to say. I and mean, when she calls while they're on vacation, <laughs> she says honey can you hear me like and i just wrote that down because it's just so like uh, of course you can you're on the phone like tommy can you hear me yeah kind of but all right i have so many notes i know we're, we're really not getting through this one very quickly we're really not uh, but i've got um so do you have anything else before she comes over for the first time not really. I kind of jump jump into advanced sex. I mean... That is... Sex on the stairs is never that fun, especially carpet. Let's... let's. No, I don't think they had carpet, but even then, it's really complicated. And then, then they up the ante, and they have sex in a rocking chair. That chair does not look like it would hold up to no. any level no. of... of, of 
any sex worth having could not be had in that chair. No, not at all. And then there's like flashes of its baby pictures. I mean, it's so... All... There are flashes of childhood pictures everywhere yeah. in, in her apartment and his apartment. There's a That's... lot of like childhood repression, like making them who they are right now, which, you know, he is supposed to be 17. In real life, he's 21. I think she's 24. In, in real life. So, you know, age-wise, they're not that far apart. And it, it definitely makes me think of the the girl next door because she's not supposed to be that much older mm-hmm. either. And you already have this, like, worldly life that she's living with uh, being chased by her her, her pimp, uh, which we realize is... Is Joey Pants, <laughs> Joey Pants. with hair. Barely. Uh, it's holding on for dear life. It is. I so mean, hard. two years later, when we probably both first met him yeah. in Goonies, yeah. it's it's fully gone. And yeah, I mean, Joey Pants is is making it happen when he's on the screen. Yes. Yes, absolutely. He is. He's he's still in the show as he does. Um, and he's really menacing. He in is. This. He is. He's not funny, really. No, not I, at all think he's funny because he's a funny guy and because Mm -hmm. he's been in other funnier roles but he is no he is full on he definitely makes the situation real yeah absolutely he he doesn't play around um and and that's and and weirdly so so you know they they have these moments she of course he can't pay her he has to go cash in a bond from his grandparents (laughs) it still has a card attached i mean i wanted to say from nana but it wasn't nana it was grandma and grandpa like so we gotta be correct there comes back she's stolen the egg stolen the egg don't really know why like she doesn't seem to have any it it just seems like kind of like honestly like a fuck you moment like i'm just gonna steal this egg she probably doesn't know what it's worth if it's even worth anything um but then i mean if i were i probably would think oh that's gaudy and ugly like i'll steal some of the silverware or some silver silver in 1983 silver was going on she was checking the labels on everything it was kind (laughs) of crazy and already right away she's getting real like 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 possessive like annoyed with him like because he's got to go to school i know that's a little like ahead of where we are but even then i was just like really like we're already like having we're playing house and she's already being like that but so i have yeah bond from grandma and grandpa friends are the worst and then the drake hotel oh man so i immediately i mean they, they, he tracks her down at the drake hotel but he flips the switch he is a high school student like oh my gosh what the heck and then he's already calling jackie the other <laughs> sex worker that they talked to who was a man i mean like was a man literally like in the cast it is a man yeah um and we know that and that's kind of supposed to be the joke that's well, underlying without being said surprisingly woke for 83 it really was he didn't he didn't flip out he was more flipping out that like anybody showed up at his house and he was having to deal with it but i love the fact that he already resourced enough to call her and see where um, Rebe- Rebecca DeMornay might be mm-hmm. and she's already like in it she's already like girl I'll tell you where <laughs> he is um, and and so she goes and he, he's staking her out and he's already like straight on in it like I'm gonna find her I'm gonna get I'm gonna fix this and that just seems I mean it does seem like a future enterpriser but jumps right in then they come out it's a drake hotel the drake hotel i immediately was like oh my gosh you know so i knew now we were in chicago because we hadn't really established where we were and then the fact that the drake hotel is so pivotal 
for Mission Impossible. The original Mission Impossible, you know, with Tom Cruise, it is what breaks the case on who is actually and and what the deal with um, John Voight is and is all back to the Drake Hotel. It's what breaks the case wide open. So, See, I should probably go back and watch Mission Impossible. <laughs> I've seen Mission Impossible 2, John Woo flick, uh-huh. probably 50 times. I've definitely seen the first one more, but I've seen them all. Mission Impossible 1, I have seen once on a bootleg VHS that I bought at the Harlem Market <laughs> on a band <laughs> trip to New York. It was filmed on a VHS camcorder nice. in the theater. There are people getting up to go to the bathroom and buy popcorn and they nice. walk in front of the camera and you really cannot tell what is going on. <laughs> it was $5 and it was go. it got five, you it was $5 worth of Absolutely, movie. that's experience. I mean, I remember at what, 15, 16, 17, whenever this was, I remember you having those videos. <laughs> I think you had more than one. I had Twister as well. Uh, I think I saw Twister. The Twister was pretty dark <laughs> to begin with. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't re-record, re-record very well. No. No, there was technology to transfer film to VHS back then. It wasn't super... You had to get a hold of the reels. Right. Though, and Much quicker These people weren't way. bothering. No. They, they, they got their cash and they were moving on. You know, one could say same thing about this, uh, this movie. But yeah, now now it's a caper. Um, and I love that Bo- Booger's now scared. <laughs> he instigated this whole thing. Now, he didn't give give her him the number for Lana, which is Rebecca De Mornay, And, you know, the second time. But he started this whole thing rolling, and then now he's scared, and he's upset because he has a trig midterm the next day, and now Guido the Guido the killer pimp is following them in his <laughs> giant Cadillac or whatever. There is, it is no way that that Porsche is not outrunning that car. Oh no, there it is. Only until the very end does he outrun it, and I mean that giant '80s car <laughs> is following inches away the entire time. I mean, it would probably had a pretty powerful engine, but it does not have the handling. No. No. There's no way. I mean, we even see repeat scenes of of the handling, and it's incorrect. Does that Porsche have seatbelts? I don't think so. Nobody was wearing them, but I did not even see a seatbelt. Was that even a law then? Uh, We'll have seatbelt laws. Is that something else we're going to have to look up? Okay. But yeah, so got a midterm. Guido the killer pimp. Then it comes back. She spends the night. Has he saved her from something? I don't know. She still is really glib and kind of in control of the situation. And then they're playing house. Like I said, she's in his Princeton sweatshirt, which is not even a Princeton sweatshirt. I guess it's maybe his dad's. Is his dad like? Oh, uh, that's a lot to unpack. I don't know. Maybe it's, it's maybe it's his. If it's his Princeton sweatshirt that his dad bought for him, maybe because his dad doesn't adds, want him to go to Princeton. Yeah. It could be. But then she's playing house. Like she's upset with him because he's got to go to school. He literally says, "I have to go to school," and then he wipes his nose. <laughs> <laughs> like they could not have called that anymore. Um, you know, he goes and then truly his nightmare is coming true that having sex has actually ruined his life. And why is everyone in high school wearing red sweaters? Oh my goodness. Those are the notes I have. Less the next thing, that next scene where they're at night at the docks and yeah. Tom Cruise is wearing maybe the best jorts ever captured on, <laughs> on camera. And I've also learned in trying to make notes on my iPhone instead of with my uh, with my pen and paper, autocorrect does not like the word jorts. Why would it? <laughs> it doesn't it, it, like it's normal just, words. It's just... It, it just refuses to believe that jorts exist. <laughs> it is just like, no, like, stop, move on, get right. get on with your life. 
Yes, absolutely. So then everything starts to get real. You know, he simultaneously has this like high school stuff going on and then this real stuff going on. And it has the same weight, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of where we are with this. Like, getting suspended he escalates like let's be fair like <laughs> he nurse, goes full tom cruise on that nurse he goes full tom cruise on it he grabs her lapels which do you grab women's lapels is that really a thing I but even know. then that was super aggressive i mean she does not take any of his shit she has no time for his shit <laughs> she waves to him like no one waves to anyone she like flaps her hand like it's a puppet um, so she is not having any of it. And so everything is ruined now. All of this stuff is happening. The car has gone into the, into the lake, into the, you know. But I love it though. Like, like you're saying that the, the car going into the lake, his parents are going to kill him. The mad pimp who is going to shoot him in the face and getting suspended are all the, they're, like, all, they're all equal. equally bad. They're all equally bad. He, they're all the end of life. They all that's give how you, high school feels. It does. It does. Like everything has the same weight. Everything is critical, you know. And I just going back. She says that she owes Guido money for going to the hospital because she had a panic attack, and it just feels like that's what he is living a panic attack right now. I mean, I don't know if you've ever had one, but it definitely when I go back and think about the times that I have on borderline had one, it was on really trivial things. Mm-hmm. It wasn't on things that like really had a an actual impact on my life. But you don't realize that at the time. And it's kind of interesting how much pressure gets put on, on everybody. I mean, stress is stress and trauma is trauma. And it's true. Nobody can really say what you feel. It's true. So now, now we're going to get this fixed. And he lets her, uh, Rebecca DeMorne have the, the reins and we have some ADR for the first time and he's talking about what a capitalist she is (laughs) and how sexy I mean basically how sexy he thinks that is she is taking control how her mind works she is just orchestrating a brothel basically she's she's a madam and now she's wearing a fedora not sure exactly, you know, she's taking charge. So is If that- Gordon Gecko and Ronald Reagan <laughs> had written a movie, it yes. could not be more <laughs> capitalist in the 80s than this. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So now he's all sunglasses and cigarettes is what I have. The hookers are wearing his mother's clothes. Sorry, sex workers are wearing his mother's clothes, which he makes a point of saying, like, I'm going to have to be in therapy for... <laughs> A billion years because I'm not sure how I'm going to unpack this, which was which was funny. That was funny. But then we go through all this and the college recruiter shows up because he's forgotten what day it is and all of this mess. And you know what? He's a 3.1 GPA. That's a garbage GPA for someone who's trying to get into an Ivy League school. You and I. No offense. We... Worked really hard in high school. Yeah. I don't know exactly how much we have to show for it, but we worked really hard in high school. Yeah. And, you know, we both had... But I would not have been 56th in my class with a 3.1 GPA. And I was not exactly at a academic high school. I was in an academic high school, and I had a 4.0, and I was probably tied with a bunch of people. I didn't learn what my rank is until I went to a school, but I was 7th. In my class, which is not bad for an academic magnet school. And I had a 4.0. So, I mean, seventh, I don't really know where that came from. But I'm like, all this for a 3.1? You're already screwed. (laughs) Give it up. Just go to whatever school. I mean, like, 
Do it for state. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Nothing wrong with the state school. Great. No. I actually went pretty much to a state school. Even with my 4.0 and my, my seventh ranking, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter one bit. But all this stress. I went to a very selective university. You know what got me? Debt. Right. <laughs> a crushing debt <laughs> that I'm still paying off. But 3.1 you got nowhere to go. <laughs> like there's, I mean, all of this, this terrible, you know, getting in trouble, all these things you can't control now that you have sex workers like that have holed up in your house and they won't leave. That's stressful. That's a lot. But 3.1, like you weren't going to make that up. You better play a sport better than tennis. <laughs> you better, you better. Yeah. That, that, that's, I just, yeah, they're writing a movie. They could have done anything, and that's what they chose, and they thought that that was what was going to make a difference. That, no. 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 <laughs> not at all. I mean, Zach Morris blew him away on his SATs. <laughs> that's right. Sorry. And Jesse, poor Jesse. <laughs> she just wanted to go to Stanford. <sighs> just wanted to go to Stanford. But how is she going to do Stanford with, what, with 1,500? Is that what? <laughs> Uh, We've also got some theories that maybe all Elizabeth Berkeley characters are the same. Could we'll, be. we'll get into that later. Yeah, it could be. We'll too. get into that later. Yeah, that's that's on there too. But so then we got Phil Collins, our drum solo. She takes him on the ride of his life, literally on a train. I wrote she has to arch her back. That's the only for way for all she is worth. And he's just sort of sitting there? That's the only way that anybody knows sex is happening in a movie is woman, a woman is arching her back on top of a man. I mean, that cannot be comfortable. No, it's not. <laughs> it's all, for, you know, yeah, that, that's all for show. And I have the guy on the train that's staring at them looks dead. <laughs> they pull him off the train as he's like drinking and eating crackers, but he is terrifyingly looking dead. And then, then we get unhinged crews. Like, you know, Guido steals all the furniture was Rebecca DeMornay setting him up? Was that all the distraction? We don't really know. She says it wasn't. But he steals all his furniture, and he goes full on like that level of cruise where, you know, he's losing it. It's it's great. We don't know whether to love him or hate him, whether he's jumping on a couch, screaming his love on Oprah, what it is. I think maybe Taps is before this, and he loses maybe. it in Taps. But he loses it in every but, but movie. The, there's, at some point, there's like the first lose it. I don't know when that is. Maybe we should find out. I feel like maybe we didn't lose it for a while. Like I don't think there was a lose it in Far and Away. I don't think there was really a lose it in, in Mission Impossible. I feel there's like the probably 90s, a lose there was a little bit of a lose it in Mission Impossible. Mr. Kittrick. You wouldn't like me. Upset. That's about as that's about as lucid as he gets. I don't know. I mean, we we, we, we just rewatched Mission Impossible one <laughs> just for the sake of it because I feel like you know everybody's turning on him. You know, he's become the bad guy in Mission Impossible. You know, everything's crumbling around him. So there's probably some real opportunities for losing it. I feel like he has to stop losing it about Rain Man time, and then like makes big movies, and then doesn't lose it again until maybe Magnolia. Oh, and then he, he loses it in Jerry Maguire. Uh, that's true. He Ooh, loses boy. it all the time in Jerry Maguire. Uh, there, we may have to talk about. We talked last time and going deeper mm-hmm. about things that our parents turned off. Right. Uh, maybe going deeper this week, we will talk about things that maybe we wish our that parents they had, had turned, turned off. off. <laughs> yeah, Jerry Maguire is definitely on that list. It definitely is. Um, 
All right, so then Unhinged Cruise, he gets it all back. He and Bronson Pinchot, you know. Where's Booger? Where's Booger and the other curly-headed guys? Why are they No curly-headed guys come and help. It's only Bronson Pinchot. Losers. But, yeah, I mean, it is like full-on circus music, full-on yakety sacks, trying to get that furniture back into the house on time. Um then Bronson Pinchot throws his shade about mixing centuries of the tchotchkes. <laughs> and then they get it all done. He plays it all off. And there's a crack in the damn egg when she turns that light up. And it feels like, is it all for nothing? Was all of this all for nothing? Because what he's trying to do is not disappoint his parents and not let them know anything happened. I mean, they know he had a little bit of a party, but I, I don't know. Did you feel kind of that crushing anxiety of like, really? I if think, you only knew. I think that it kind of opening, and then it kind of felt like the closing there for a second of him, just his eye through the Wayfarer sunglasses mm-hmm. lit by the cigarette with Tangerine Dream playing. There was something very surreal about that. And that, that yeah. bookend there really sort of felt like maybe we came nowhere. Yeah. I don't exactly know where we started since that is where we start with him, but that's not how we see him. Like, we see him doing that, but we don't see him actually acting and telling that story. He he starts telling the story, but he's on, around the poker table when he's actually telling that story. Mm-hmm. So, so we don't really know. Yeah, you're right. I mean, was this all? Was all of it a dream? Was this all the Jacob's Jacob's ladder scenario? Sorry, <laughs> how did this get made? Um, you know, throwing that out at you guys, but. What did what does he accomplish? I mean, he seemingly gets into Princeton because the Princeton dude, after he kind of fails his interview, probably gets laid by some of the sex workers in the house. And um, the phrase, you know, Princeton needs a guy like this. Like, what does that even mean? And his dad shakes his hand. Like they shake. The, his dad never hugs him. He shakes his hand the entire time. So that's definitely something he's probably unpacking in therapy later on too. Yeah. So he gets into Princeton. He and Rebecca de Mornay are together, are they? Sort of. That was a little ambiguous. I don't know. I mean, they're 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 pl- like they're joking and playing, and he's turning it, the the tables on her. Like, I guess I'm not going to see you for a while. I don't I don't know. Yeah, but then 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 it's like we should we should hook up, and you know, then he's acting like she owes him money, and it's the same kind of exchange that they had when he didn't have money to pay her. But come on, the last line. Oh right. Did you have the time of your life, kid? We 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 all know. I mean, <laughs> it's about the eighties. Eighties all about having the time of your life. Was this before Dirty Dancing? Yeah, because I think Dirty Dancing was nineteen eighty seven. I think so. Yes, this was years before Dirty yeah. Dancing. Yeah. Uh, did this inspire the time of your life? Who knows? Who knows? I mean, maybe. I mean, uh, Tom Cruise and what Swayze knew each other from something, right? Weren't they in a movie together? Cruise and Swayze. Maybe not. Maybe maybe I'm confabulating <sighs> Red if, Dawn and um you know the the Outsiders. Mm-hmm. Was he in the Outsiders? Uh, outsiders. I feel like they were both. Uh, we need to look that were up. They both if, in if the they outsiders? never. I feel like they were, but you know, Matt Dillon was in The Outsiders. A lot of people in The Outsiders. So I've never seen The Outsiders. Ralph Macchio was in it. Like, there, there is an older, kind of cooler guy. It could have been Sway's dog, it could, uh, but it could have been Matt Dillon. I'm not sure. We, we need to look that up. Well, I mean, I think we've covered it from you know top to bottom. 
I mean, I think it was, this was this movie kept me on the edge of my seat. It gave me heart palpitations. I was nervous for him the whole time, which is probably exactly what they wanted. Um, maybe not exactly for the same reasons. I mean, I just really related to him. <laughs> um, I think this might be the best movie we've watched so far. I think so. I mean, Basic Instinct great. started it off pretty good, mm-hmm. but I, I think this I think this kicks it up a notch. It does. It was really well written. It was it, the, the point of view was very strong. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna look up for you guys, Paul Brickman, the director, and it looks like he only directed three things. Hmm. So I need I need to know more about where he came from. Is he music video? I I don't have no idea. I need to know more about who yeah. this guy is because this movie was shot really really. It was well. really it cool. Looks good. It it, it, it really holds good. up. Yeah. So okay, so does it hold up in terms of being forbidden? Um, I think so. It doesn't have as many blatant sex scenes. I mean, it, it it's right out there, you know, with his, his initial fantasies and early on. After that, when we actually have like a, t- like a house full of sex going on, we don't really see any of it. But, but there's, sex is omnipresent. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. This is kind of that American Pie mm-hmm. level. The whole movie is sort of about sex. Right. I mean, even it's about the having even sex basic or not having sex wasn't really about that much sex. No, you know, really, like, it, was, it was half it was about, about murder. murder. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this was about yeah. It was all about whether you were or you weren't having sex. So yeah, this this was one of those absolutely forbidden film. So forbidden that I turned it, you know turns it off because like <laughs> you, the the risk of getting caught isn't the worth risky it. business of watching this movie you know this isn't like roadhouse or ski school right. or something where if you get caught you know like oh it's like sort of an action sort of a way yeah. you know oh i didn't realize you know th- no, this is you can get like, caught this is just a sex movie yeah and it's just a sex movie and a scheming movie about sex so. exactly exactly and but a movie with such an iconic iconic film scene that that happens really really early you know mm-hmm. it's kind of like there and gone and we're we're moving on but you know the entire movie is sort of a dream and that that yeah. is just one one more of them but but yeah so that that's something that it feels like if you don't know that scene you're not really in on a discussion about cinema history yeah but boy it's there's definitely some things in there that caused it to be not allowed at my house yeah definitely not allowed but i think that even this scene being boiled or this movie being boiled down to just that one scene kind of does it a disservice oh absolutely yeah yeah yeah. i was not expecting what i got out of it no i mean i was not expecting the soundtrack not expecting the cinematography being interesting not expecting the the lighting, the sound design. It, it was great film. Yeah, the performances were good. Everybody was great. Yeah. I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. So you know, in terms of a movie, definitely watchability holds up. Um, it it yes, it definitely would not be allowed. I would have not been allowed to watch it. I probably would have turned it off too. I don't remember turning off being turning it on at my house um but watching it over across the street in some capacity i have vague memories of that but i don't know it, it's complicated thinking of you at 
<laughs> between eight and twelve, like reading about kinky leather stuff and spanking. <laughs> I didn't read about kinky leather stuff and spanking. That wasn't the scene I remember seeing. I wouldn't have even known what that was when he was talking about it. I don't even. Think I, but you were probably by fourteen. You were probably reading that in books, though. So. I don't think that much. I don't even think that uh, Curtis Armstrong knew what he was reading when he was reading that article. He just thought he did. So <laughs> sorry, but by sixteen you were reading that in books. No, no, you know there were some romance novels, but there was no kinky stuff. That's much later. That is weird about books, though. You really get away with a lot in a book that you don't get away with in a movie. That's true. That's true. Well, I think we've done it. What I do you think, think we have unpacked it about as much as we can unpack it. Yes, I agree. Well enjoyed talking about this i feel like this was a lot of fun and i hope you guys enjoyed it and we'll you know share share your experiences with us again um forbidden cinema on instagram forbidden cinema podcast at gmail let us know your experiences with risky business um let us know you know what what that other movie was for you we're always looking for that um and you know we'll we'll share when we go deeper, what we're going to watch next. Yeah, and we'll share when we go deeper the movies that we wished our parents had turned off. Yeah. And so so let us know. Yeah, we want to know that too. And put on some tidy whities and slide across your floor Absolutely. and send us some videos. Absolutely. <laughs> put those old records on the shelf and have the time of your life. Yeah.